Well, good morning, Abundant Life. My name is Laura. I'm the Happy Valley student pastor here, and it is such an honor to be here with you this morning. Now this summer, we have been walking through a series called Being and Bearing, where each week we are looking at a different fruit of the Spirit. Now being a student pastor, you see some pretty crazy things that people do in order to illustrate concepts like this. Now sometimes we're successful, other times we end up with shirts like this. Now there's a video that I will spare you the pain of watching, but essentially it's this person asking, what does it mean to bear fruit? Does it mean that we feed fruit to bears? If so, what type of fruit? What type of bears? Well, eventually and very painfully, he gets to the end where he recognizes that, well, context is key when we're reading scripture. Also, I should note that my husband is the proud owner of this bear fruit shirt, and I'm fairly certain that he will be wearing it this morning. Well, today, obviously we're not talking about bears or bananas, uh, but instead we are going to look at the fruit of the spirit, faithfulness. Now, growing up, I loved English. I love reading and writing, diving into meanings of words and texts. So in my study to prepare for this morning, there's a couple ways that we can define faithfulness that I absolutely love. So faithfulness can mean true to the facts, to a standard or to an original, or it can also mean steadfast in affection or allegiance. Now, keeping this definition in mind, this morning, I want us to look at faithfulness through the lens of being and bearing. What does it mean to be rooted in faith? And then what do our lives look like because of that? But the overall truth that I want us to root ourselves in this morning is this, God is faithful. If we're looking at our definition from earlier, He is true and He is steadfast. Now, over and over in scripture, we see God being faithful to individuals and groups of people. And one thing that I love is we see that he keeps his promises when other people do not keep theirs. I think it's absolutely crazy to read the stories of the Old Testament because people make these huge mistakes but God continues to show up and do amazing things through them. David is a perfect example of this. He literally had someone murdered because he wanted to be with his wife, but yet he is called a man after God's own heart. And I think what we can take away from this is that these biblical figures who we study, they are not the heroes of the Old Testament. God is the hero of their story because he is the definition of faithfulness. Well, one of my favorite examples of God's faithfulness, especially in the Old Testament, is actually the story of Moses, which we are going to look at in the book of Exodus. Now, if you have a Bible and you wanna to turn to Exodus chapter three, uh, that's where we will be looking at a few specific verses, but I wanna just recap what happens to Moses in the first two chapters of Exodus. So Moses' story has God's fingerprints of faithfulness all over it. He was born as an Israelite living in slavery in Egypt. Now, Pharaoh, who was the leader of the Egyptian people, 
issued a decree shortly before his birth that all newborn Israelite babies need to be thrown into the Nile River in order to secure his reign over the Israelites. But in a completely crazy turn of events, his life is spared. His mom creates this basket that she places him in and sends him down the Nile River. He is eventually discovered by Pharaoh's own daughter who decides to take him in and raise him in the very house of a man who wanted him dead. I mean, come on, who says that the Bible isn't exciting? Well, Moses grows up and he goes to visit his relatives. And while he's there, he encounters an Egyptian guard who is beating a fellow Israelite. He becomes so angry that he kills this Egyptian guard, buries his body where he hopes no one will find it, and he runs away. He starts an entire new life. He gets married, he has a kid, and he takes up a quiet life as a shepherd living on Mount Sinai. But, the Israelites are still suffering in slavery back in Egypt. And God looks down and decides that he wants to do something about it. So who's he going to pick? Surely not the guy who murdered someone and then ran away from his problems, right? This is what I love about God. He finds us in our mistakes and he gives us a mission. So God finds Moses hiding away in the wilderness, and he gives him this mission, go back to Pharaoh and demand the freedom of the Israelite people. Well, Moses in Exodus 3, verse 11, immediately tries to disqualify himself from this mission. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? You see, Moses's faith is definitely shaken right now. And I think if we're honest, we've all been there. In the face of an impossible or an uncomfortable circumstance, we can ask these same questions. Like, God, are you sure that you're asking the right person? Why me? Who am I? But even in Moses's weakness and doubt, God is faithful. God answered in verse 12, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. Well, Moses continues to protest in chapters three and four and over and over again, when Moses gives a reason why he is not the person, God shows his faithfulness. Eventually, Moses accepts the call to go back to Egypt, confront Pharaoh and demand the freedom of the Israelite people. And God shows up exactly how he said he would. Now you can read the rest of Moses' story throughout the book of Exodus, but eventually Pharaoh does grant the release and the freedom of the Israelite people. And I want us to fast forward to Exodus chapter 19, because we actually get to, see, get to see the fulfillment of God's first promise to Moses. Remember how he said, once you're free, you will come back and you will worship me on this very mountain. Well, Exodus chapter 19, verse one, says exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt, 
they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. After breaking camp, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and set up camp there at the base of Mount Sinai. Guess which mountain Moses had his first encounter with God on? Mount Sinai. Now this is just one example of God showing his faithfulness in scripture. And we can see so many other stories of God showing up for people in the Bible. But we can also see his faithfulness in our lives today. For example, God has been faithful to this church. During a crazy year of transition and change, He has shown up and been moving. When we weren't meeting in person, when things looked differently, when we did gather, God was continuing to move. And an example that hits close to home for me was how He was faithful to our student volunteers during this season. Well, this time last year, this is how we were meeting for student life groups. We were on Zoom every week. Now our volunteers who signed up to be life group leaders, they didn't plan to be Zoom breakout room facilitators. They didn't plan to love and encourage students from afar, but they were faithful to their students and God was faithful to them. You see this summer, it's looked a little bit different. Just last month, we had almost 90 students here on campus for a beautiful rebellion, which was our three-day summer camp experience. And the last night, leaders got the opportunity to intentionally pray with students who wanted to commit to taking their faith deeper. And in this moment, we realized through the change, through the craziness, through so much we have been through, God has been faithful and He has been moving. On a more personal note, God has been faithful to me over the past five years when I've been questioning why I'm even living in Portland. You see, five years ago, almost to the day, I left my community that I had built in Texas and moved back to Portland. And even though I grew up here, this isn't where my community was. And I struggled for a long time through feelings of loneliness, rejection, hurt. And I asked God over and over again, why? Why am I here? Did I even make the right decision leaving this community who I built and supported me to come here? And it hasn't been perfect, it hasn't been easy, but God has been faithful. He has opened up so many doors for Spencer and I to find community here in Happy Valley and specifically at Abundant Life. So my question for you this morning is where has God been faithful to you? Where has He been faithful to your family, your friends? Where have you seen His impact on your life? I want you to take a moment, think of a time, maybe it's this past year, in the past five years where you have seen God show up. But maybe you're here today and you're having a hard time answering that question. You can't think of a time that you have seen God's faithfulness in your life. I want you to know that that's okay. Feel the space and the permission to wrestle with that, to bring that to God, to say, God, I don't know where you have been faithful. I can't see where you are showing up in my life, 
but also know that regardless of your doubt, regardless of what you're going through right now, regardless of how you're feeling about it, His love for you never changes. I think especially in these moments when we're feeling like our faith is shaken, when we're feeling like we don't know where we're going to go, what we're going to do, I think God's love extends all the more. But no matter where we are, in light of the faithfulness of God, what can it look like in our lives for us to be faithful? Now, one of my favorite parts of this series has been getting to hear testimonies from so many different people within our church family. And today we're going to get to hear from an incredible volunteer, his name's Don Oliver, about what faith means to him in his life. I was asked to talk about faithfulness in my life. I want to read scripture, uh, Hebrews 11:6, And it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I think faithfulness is part of faith. If you believe God exists, then you want to please him. God has always been faithful. So when I started teaching in 1975, the teacher next door to me started asking me if I would like to go to church. His name was Alan Lukai. He was faithful in asking me if I wanted to go to church on a regular basis. He took every opportunity to invite me to his church, whether it was some special occasion that the church was celebrating, whether it was Easter, or Christmas or Thanksgiving. He was always asking me and I was always saying no. Finally, Alan asked, why didn't I want to go to church? So I told him, I said, it's because the church wants my money and I don't like the show, so I don't want to go. He said his church was different. So he told me that if I wanted money, I could take money out of the offering. But if I was thankful for what God was doing in my life, then I would put money into the offering as showing a way of showing my gratitude. So I said, I'll be at church next Sunday. And so I went and I took my wife. We both got saved and I never did get any money out of the offering. So then as a new believer, I was assigned a man who was going to disciple me and train me how to be a Christian and how to live the Christian life. Well, that man was Alan. So Alan showed up at my house and he said, we have a lot of things to discuss. One of the first things I want you to do is I want you to become a regular and faithful giver. So I want you on the first day of the month to write a check for tithe. He says, this has to be 10% of your gross income and you're gonna write that every month, the first thing you do. If you're using cash, he says, then I want it to be the first money that you spend. He says, remember, this money is going to God. And so I did that, and I've been faithful to do that for over 40 years. I'm happy and content due in part to the gift of faithfulness. Faithfulness to me means that I'm keeping my commitments, that I'm doing what I say I do, and that I show up on time. So what does faithfulness look like for me at ALC? Well, I volunteer as a greeter. Many of you have seen me out greeting faithfully every Sunday in front of the church. 
for my life group, it means I show up every single time. It means that I also co-lead and I help teach. I also pray for my members in my life group on a regular basis. In fact, there's a scripture that says that we should pray without ceasing. So in Ephesians 6, 18 says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere. So I have a couple of tricks that I use to help me pray without ceasing. One of my tricks that I use for praying for the church is, I'll ask you, what kind of car do you drive? What color is it? And then when I see that car, I pray for you. When I drive by the, a church, any church, I start praying for our church. And so I use triggers to help me in prayer. Faithfulness is a habit and an effort to focus on being like Jesus. I believe God gifted me with faith and faithfulness. I am, in the words of my friends and family, reliable, consistent, and always there. Friends have told me that my faithfulness is amazing. Well, I don't know about that. But I do know that I don't want to miss out on anything that God has for me. So I show up. That's half the battle to being successful. So I try to think of others before myself, and God has blessed me beyond measure and given me the desires of my heart. We are to be faithful right where we are. So in our homes, with your family, in our workplace, with your coworkers, in our community, with our neighbors, to love God and others well in whatever context the Lord has placed us in. This is our assignment. God has always been faithful, but I have not. I try real hard to be like Jesus. So I show up, I fight the good fight. I try to be faithful and persistent, and I try to love unconditionally. So I would tell you to be faithful. Well, I loved getting to hear Don share his story, not only of how God has been faithful to him, but now how he is faithful to others. And one thing that I take away from Don's story is this idea that faith is an active choice, not a passive trait. And so I'm wondering this morning, what would it look like for us to proactively ask how we can strengthen our faith? What does it look like for us to grow both in trusting God and in being faithful to others. Well, I wanna break this down into the what and the why. So first, what would it look like for you to step out in faith? Now, there's lots of ways that God calls us to live and to step out in faith, but here's a few that I think we can consider this morning. The first is what would it look like to take a new step to follow Him? For Dawn, it meant accepting an invitation to go to church for the first time. Maybe for you, it's asking the question of what does it look like to begin a relationship with Jesus? Maybe it's pursuing baptism or committing to going deeper in spiritual disciplines. Here's the coolest thing about our walk with God is that none of us have ever arrived. There is always more that we can be doing to learn and experience God in different ways. So what could taking a new step 
in following Jesus look like for you this morning? Next, maybe God's calling you to seek a new perspective. I'd like to share one way that my perspective has been changed this year, and it took a lot of faith. Growing up in Portland, I'll be honest, I had a really narrow view of the homelessness population here in Portland. I had a very narrow idea of what might put someone in that situation and what they're doing to get out of it. But through partnering with Portland Rescue Mission earlier this spring on a local outreach trip with a group of our students, I got to understand where the gaps are in my perspective. Where am I not understanding what is going on in our city? And it also allowed me to move forward in a different course of action. And you see, there were aspects of this trip that were completely outside of my comfort zone, but I had faith that God was going to use my discomfort to grow my understanding of His love for people experiencing homelessness in our community. So where might God be inviting you to step in to a new perspective? It can be scary to let go of a different way of thinking, but we can have faith that God is going to use our discomfort to grow our perspective. Or maybe, especially after this last year, God is calling you to grow deeper in community. You see, we were never meant to do this life alone. And this can be as simple as taking a conversation from surface level to intentional. I think it's so easy for us to ask, hey, how are you doing? And accept, oh, I'm fine, as a response. But what if instead we asked that next question? No, how are you really? How's your family? How are your kids? How's your job? And then take the time to listen and follow up with that person after. Or maybe for you, it looks more like getting involved in a life group or a Bible study. Spencer and I have been so blessed by our life group over the past few years. Yes, these are the people that we meet with, we study the Bible with, but they're also the people who helped us move last year. They're who we celebrate birthdays and babies with. They're who we laugh and we cry with. And this didn't come easy. It took intentional vulnerability and trust. And there were times that it was super uncomfortable, but God has been faithful through it. And we have been so blessed by having deep community of other believers. Now, none of these things are easy to do on our own. Trusting God to step into something new can be scary. So why do we do it? Why do we have faith? Because God is faithful. It's as simple as that. I love this quote from Priscilla Shire. As you proactively remind yourself of how faithful and reliable your God truly is, you become more willing, even excited, about actually relying on Him. Your faith works because it is directly connected to the faithfulness of God. Your faith works because it is directly connected to the faithfulness of God. We are faithful because God is faithful. Now, what about when things get hard? 
You might be sitting there this morning and you're like, okay, Laura, this sounds great in a perfect world, but you don't know what I'm facing right now. You don't know what's going on in my life right now. What can choosing faith possibly look like when getting up in the morning is a struggle? When the light at the end of this tunnel seems so incredibly dim? We can rest in the truth that God is faithful even when it doesn't make it easier. A couple of weeks ago, the man who officiated my brother and sister-in-law's wedding last June passed away very unexpectedly at the age of 51. He left behind a wife and two daughters who were in high school. And we were all left asking why. Spencer and I had the privilege of watching his memorial service last week as it was streamed um, from his home church in Alabama. And over and over again, we heard the legacy of this man's faith. He served faithfully in ministry for decades and person after person spoke of how his faith empowered him to do hard things how it powered his love for others, how it allowed him to be an incredible father and husband and friend. But in the exact same breath, each and every person said, I don't understand why this happened. This may be one of the hardest things I have ever had to walk through, but I am choosing faith. We can rest in the truth that God is faithful even when we don't have all the answers. Jesus says in John 16, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. One thing that struck me about this service was the community of people who were rallying around Wade's family and friends. And it reminded me that we can ask others to walk alongside us through prayer and support. We don't have to do this alone. If I can be honest, there have been seasons where I have felt like my faith isn't enough. I'm walking through something, I'm asking these big questions, the mountain that I'm climbing seems so steep and my faith is shaken. And if I had to guess, you've been there too, or maybe you're there right now. But my mom is one of the most disciplined people I know. She wakes up almost every morning and she reads her Bible, she does a devotional, and she journals her prayers. Now these prayers are beautiful. She pours out her heart over her friends, her family, people that she knows are walking through hard times. And there have been days where the knowledge that my mom, no matter what I'm going through, is covering me in prayer, it brings me hope. It allows me to step out and strengthen my faith because I know that her faith is coming alongside me and supporting me. James 1, starting in verse 12, says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. 
Who is standing in the gap for us? Who is supporting us through prayer when we need it most? Have we been honest with someone to be able to share what we're going through so that they can lift us up in prayer and support? And on the flip side, who are we standing in the gap for? Are we a community that can come around people who are walking through hard things and pray and believe that even in the midst of these hard times, God is faithful? Now remember, we can be faithful in prayer, both in our own lives and for others, because God is faithful.